Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. I've been doing this for a lot of years. Our family has owned Waters Garden Center, which was the very first garden center uh, in northern Arizona. There were some other garden centers down off a baseline down to Phoenix. This is back in the late 50s and 60s. So in 1962, Waters Garden Center actually started. Now, I'm not that old. I wasn't even born then. Uh, But Harold Waters, my wife's father, was born, and he came up and started the garden center and landscape business, had a pet store, all kinds. They were You were into everything at that point because the town was so small. I mean, Prescott was not even on the map. You had mentioned that to some point. They didn't even know where Arizona was, much less Prescott. So that's really changed. Now Now we are on the map. This is top one of the top places to retire in the country. You seem to make that top 10 list nationally every year, it seems like. Gardening, though, is a little bit different here. Gardening can be a challenge. It's mainly because of the dryness and the seasonality of our rain and just the crummy soil that we have. And so what you're finding right now is the ground is really, really, really dry. And the air is dry. So that's that's that combo uh, works against your gardens sometimes, certain plants. So if, you, if you've gardened in the Midwest sometimes, you're... you're, you're throwing out those you know, dogwoods and rhododendrons and Japanese maples, and they do so well just out there. They grow by themselves. They're almost wild. They may not do that here, but we do have a whole series of plants that do that. They're very deep-rooted, or they've got a, a, they've got a, a defensive system within their structure, so they've got thicker leaves or a wax system or, or let's say, sycamores. They've only, we've got an Arizona sycamore. It's green leaf on top, and it's, it's silver on the bottom. That's a defense thing. It's got this fuzzy, leathery type of, of material on, on the backside of the leaf, so it keeps it from perspiring. So you've got a large tree with deep roots, large leaves, great shade tree, but it's efficient on the water. Uh, you've, got, uh, you've got silverberry, which is this na- native evergreen. Shrub grows about head high uh, that gets really thick and full. You let it grow by itself. Once it's up to size, you can cut it off of all care. Virginia creeper. It's a wild vine. Just grows up on the ridgelines. Grows so deep-rooted that it's very robust and hardy. Cotoneaster, uh, desert willows. You can just go right down the list. Arizona cypress, even aspens. If you're going to kill an aspen, it will almost always be because you overwatered it. The only exception would be if it's now 10 years old and it's still got the original one emitter that it was on. You have never tuned it up. Okay, now it might be stressed, but really, aspens like clay soil. They adapt really well, but they can tend to root rot some if you overwater them. It's because it's a local native. It's used to this dry, the seasonality, the rain, and that uh, just the swings between the temperature. The sun itself can be more intense. So you need plants that can adapt to that. And so that's kind of what our claim to fame has been over the decades. That's what we focus on here at Waters Garden Center. And so now we just started a show. Actually, I started this show. When was that? It was back in 
2003, no, 2004. So we had road construction starting in front of the garden center. Uh, we just passed all the shares over to Lisa and I. So Harold and Lorna Waters are now fully retired. They don't come into the store anymore. So we're taking it. And then the next year, road construction starts. Oh, my gosh. It was a nightmare. We were selling petunias to, to gardeners. We're a huge front-end loader. I mean, the tires are bigger than I am, are within four feet of the greenhouse, the lower greenhouse. It was crazy. The ground was moving just as you tried to talk to folks. It was a nightmare. And we survived it. But it's by specializing, helping folks really get it right, the right plants for the right spot. Uh, and then we've just kind of built up for there. But if customers couldn't get to us and to know what to plant, I thought, well, we'll just start a radio show so I can go to them. So we just started that back years and years ago as a format just to talk gardening, to be casual. It helps us marketing-wise, but really our passion is for people and plants and connecting those things together. And hopefully you learn one or two things as you tune in each week. Lots of fans of the show. Thank you. Um, some things I'm doing in my gardens right now is I'm, I'm actually full on gardening. I've got some remodels going. I'm freshening up some old parts of my landscape that's gotten overgrown. It just looks, it looks overgrown. It's real woody. It's not blooming the way it was. So if I, I've actually pulled out some ground cover cotoneaster. These are uh, specifically Coral Beauty cotoneaster, a native great plant for here. But it was out in the front. The landscape's all matured. And then, then in between these beautiful blooming shrubs is this green thing underneath them as a subplanting. Going, that just looks, it looks out of place now. So they're four feet around. They're filling in all the areas. Well, back 10 years ago when they were planted, they look great. But now they just look like they're, there's too much in that garden space. So it's, it was surprising how fast cotoneaster, a healthy, fully rooted cotoneaster, comes out of the ground. It took like 10 minutes, nothing. It took nothing. Popped them right out, a couple angles, cut a couple roots, and foomp, came right out. And the landscape looks fresh, new, organized, balanced again all of a sudden. It's amazing that freshness comes right back. We're starting to, uh, I had a, my, my watermelons are, are done. I've picked them. And so I put those in my front containers. I've got some buried in-ground containers. And so I plant some, some summer flowers and watermelons. I like to blend uh, vegetables with flowers and just have them creeping out across the gardens. Well, they were harvested. Well, watermelons, they're pretty ugly plants without their watermelons, even with their watermelons on. They're kind of an ugly plant. I mean, they're just, they're, the watermelon's inspiring, but that's it. Pulled those things out. I actually pulled the entire container out of the ground going, okay, it's time, and put a beautiful mum, just a single burgundy-colored mum sitting there in the front driveway, just glorious. Put the same drip emitter on it, and it is just, I mean, it's awe-inspiring, going, I love my gardens again. That's beautiful. Simple things like that. Just as things fade, replace them with a, a bigger one. For me, I put a cachet pot. We grow one-gallon mums, and we have these magnificent, I mean, just you want to invite friends over and just talk about this gorgeous plant, just beautiful. Um, that's what this was out in the yard. Uh, hats off. Uh, Lisa and I were at the Raven, which is a restaurant, kind of bar, coffee place, right downtown Prescott. And uh, they've got a new one of those. They're taking up a few parking spaces. They created this stunning garden. 
I mean, garden patio deck thing out on the street, but it felt private. It felt good. But the flowers are taken care of, lots of color. It was comfortable. We were there in the afternoon. It was shaded by the building. Oh, you all just did a magical job. And they did not pay me to, to, to have this spot on there. It just the, I just admire those that can pull off a commercial garden space like that where people can just relax and enjoy. So had some had some uh, their vegan nachos, a couple beers, and it was just well done. That's the way the fall, your fall garden should be that way. You should be able to, it should be an extension of your living room. You should be go, able to go out there and watch a sunrise or sunset, the hummingbirds, uh, water features going, watch watch the fall colors happen, butterflies going across. The weather is so nice in the fall, and it will be like this. Okay, I'm out there in the morning at dawn, and it's nice out. Well, it might not be that nice out at the end of October, November, first part of December. I might move that to midday, but still, you can get some very nice, beautiful days, which is why we live in northern Arizona. Just bright days, chilly nights. You got the four seasons, but it's mild four seasons. Oh, the fall season is just, it's my favorite time of the year. Not because of the fall color, but because the fall color changes in this beautiful weather that we have. And you just, it's just, it's just nice. We have a lot in store for you this week. So Lisa Waters coming in with your garden questions. It's what your neighbor's talking about. But we got to cover the bills. We'll be right back after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge. Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow. An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents. A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders. You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Gardening has always come natural to me. Green thumbs, they just run in the family. So when the Family Garden Center was offered to Lisa and I, we jumped on the opportunity. I've always loved coming to the nursery, being surrounded by all the beauty, helping the backyard gardener and passing on some of that natural magic that happens so easily for me. We aren't just selling plants, we're offering garden success. My name is Ken Lane, owner, and you'll feel the magic here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? What are you hearing other gardeners talking about in the community? We're trying to impart that just so sometimes... I think uh, there's problems going on if you're not roaming around the landscape, you don't realize. And so it's helpful to have, it's not like crying wolf or anything, but someone out there to kind of eyes and ears looking in their gardens and they share that with us. So Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. So this week we got to, we actually got a date day. We took a day off together. We did. We don't get to do that as much as we should. No. I would go out with you anytime. I would retire with you. 
<laughs> okay. I would date Mary tomorrow. You. Oh, you yeah. would. So anyway, you're already I'd, married. You can't do that. I would do it all over again <laughs> in okay. a heartbeat. Wouldn't even have to think. I'd go. Sure, I'd do that. Ooh. Are the kids still included? <laughs> no. Actually, the grandkids are still included. Grandkids. It's good. And the dogs. And the dogs. So um, went out and we took the side-by-side razor, mm-hmm. kind of Polaris razor we got. Took it out up to Spruce Mountain. And that's, uh, what, six, 7,000 foot level, maybe a little above at places. Mm-hmm. And the fall color at that ridge line. All the ridge lines around Prescott, probably all the White Mountains, yeah. Flagstaff, Williams, are all in color. Mm-hmm. The oaks were stunning the locusts were in bloom or, or in uh, color uh what else the the ash were all turning color it was beautiful virginia, virginia creeper virginia that the creeper. native virginia creeper yeah. was turning you know you don't even see virginia creeper this is a native till it turns till it turns it grows up trees and like yeah. this whole tree a dead stump or something or it's popping through an oak full color going Whoa, what is that oh virginia creeper there it yeah. is so super tough, tough vine that grows in the backyard landscapes, grows anywhere in the mountains mm-hmm. of Arizona. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very, very pretty. It's very dry out there. Yeah, the forest Ooh. looks rough. Oh, yeah. my goodness. They're in danger. We took some close-ups of uh, some of the pine trees, the mm-hmm. ponderosas at that altitude, and they are being eaten alive. Yeah. I mean, they will be, if we don't get moisture, there will be death and decay throughout the landscapes or throughout neighborhoods of the pines because of bark beetle or ips beetle is the, the, mm-hmm. common, the Latin name. Anyway, yeah. enough about death and decay next spring. <laughs> Let's focus on right now. Okay. Uh, what, well. what are, what's going on in people's gardens that they're thinking sure. about now? So Alan's out in Prescott Valley. Um, he has a property line that he wants to put a screen on. He wants to use Spartan junipers. His question is how far apart do you put them to create a nice screen? And then his second part is aesthetically or for looks, should they be staggered in a straight line? Yeah. How's the best way to do That's a that? a good question. So we covered that in last week's garden class. But here's the, here's the bottom line. If you want a wall, a living wall, that is you want it very formal, you want it to look east coast or midwest, you line them up and they just become a hedge. And you can do that with Spartan junipers. There's a lot of plants you can do that with. Mm-hmm. As you're looking at the width, so a Spartan juniper will grow up about 15 feet high by about 6, 8 feet wide. It's a nice cone-shaped. So you just divide the width in half, and that's your spacing. So I'd go 4 or 5 feet centers and just line them up and march them across. And within a season or two, they'll have this overlapping pattern mm-hmm. up above head height and get you a living green wall. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Now... In the West, or especially the Southwest, we don't use formal landscapes. We use more informal. I think this sort of implies to the last half of his question what looks more natural. And then what looks more natural is not, you know, green plants marching across, making a wall. It's obvious you're trying to hide something or block something, mm-hmm. or you're going, oh, what's over there? You just, you naturally want to pull the green apart and go, what's, <laughs> what's through there? Oh my gosh, there's lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Really, what we do is we do more of a gardenesque approach or informal garden. Mm-hmm. There, you line it up in the landscape in a zigzag pattern. You might still be at four, five, maybe even six, seven foot centers, but now you're putting them in a triangular shape mm-hmm. going down the property line. And now it fills in. It get, now you've got two dimension to it. It's not a wall, it's now a right. zigzag pattern. It's like a forest. And now you can plug in between those, that zigzag or, or triangular shaped pattern now you can plug in an aspen Mm. you can throw a lilac in there 
burning bush. You can put some mums, a container, a piece of art. Now you can make it into that secret garden feel. Mm -hmm. And now you're you're opening it up a little bit, and then you're 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 staggering front and center, back and forth. You can even mix up colors. You could put mm -hmm. a maple in there. That's one where if you're really questioning your your landscape architect abilities, take a camera phone or, or an iPad. Take a quick click of that. We can't quite measure distance with, with, a, right. with a digital screen, but you could just pace it off. Oh, it's, I've got 35 feet here in the back fence, and here's a picture. We can help you design that. That's mm -hmm. what we do all day long here at the Garden Center. We've got staff members. We call them plant, plant and blast ambassadors. <laughs> I was thinking horticulturalist and plant oh, ambassador. Okay. Which one do I do? Mixing them all up. And I blended them together. <laughs> uh, but people that just know plants mm -hmm. and they design. That's, all, that's what they do for a living. Come in today and they just look at 10, 15 screens. They help you design. Mm -hmm. uh, so ask for help. But I, I think I answered that question. You in, did. In too many, I think you thoroughly covered yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's how we roll here on the Mountain Gardener. All right. Well, Allison's out in Chino. Her pampas grass is now two years old. Great. It is not blooming. Oh, she wants okay. to know is this something she did, didn't do, how, and what should she do for next year to get it to bloom? Sure. This is a common problem out in the valley areas or anyone that's on a well. So Chino Valley, most of Chino Valley has their own well. So you've stuck a straw in the ground and you just have unlimited access to water, which means you tend to overwater. The folks in Prescott, Prescott Valley, or a city municipality, they tend to underwater because water's <laughs> expensive. Yeah. They're paying by the ounce at this point. And so they tend to underwater. Things get dry tips and round leaves. Mm -hmm. Out in the valley areas, Chino Valley, Paulden, even the out, Yavapai County outskirts, you've got, you tend to cycle too much. You water too much. And so you flush all the food out from underneath that root structure, and now it's left without phosphorus. And so you need to fertilize that pampas grass more. You might even do it now. So I, I would right away put some water's all-purpose plant food. We're just, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from Chino Valley. Put some of that on, and I would take a couple handfuls of super phosphate. Mm -hmm. It's specifically 0180, all phosphorus. Throw it on there, water it in really well, and you might actually get some plumes this year. Think so? If you don't, at least you'll get them next year. Mm -hmm. But without that, you're doomed. You're not. It's just going to be a pretty green thing that'll be off-colored, kind of light, limey green, not even that ditch, dark, rich green color, and it'll never plume. Or the plumes, if it does, be real wispy and thin. But if you want handsome, beautiful, thick foliage with great plumes coming up. You give it all-purpose plant food, spring, summer, and fall. You give it a couple of handfuls of superphosphate every once in a while, and you will have, it'll be stunning. It'll be over the top. If it's because you're overwatering. Okay. That's why. <laughs> that's, there you go. That's the quick answer. Yeah, right? that's, that's it. <laughs> all right. So Carolyn in Prescott wants to know, are chrysanthemums considered a perennial here? And can they live in a big pot, or should they be put in the ground? And oh, when go. should you trim them back? <laughs> gotcha. So mums in a nutshell. I think we've got a handout on how to grow mums on our website. You can okay. take a look. Uh, just type in mums on our website. There's a search bar on the right. It'll come right up. But here's what it says. Mums, there are two types of mums. There's annual mums and there's perennial mums. The mums you find at the grocery store, florist, probably a box store, those are all annual mums. They're grown in greenhouses, and they're meant to live for the season and then die and then just throw them away. Mm -hmm. 
garden centers, we're going to have perennial mums. We've grown them outdoors. So now they're hardened off or acclimated. So now those will transition for you out into the landscape. So where to plant them. So know where you buy them from. Now where to plant them, it's going to be containers. They make magnificent container gardens, over-the-top container gardens. So you can grow them in a container, or they can grow in the ground, either way. I've grown them both ways, We've got, and they look spectacular. Mm -hmm. When to prune them back, that's going to be, it depends on what you, what you want. For us, we have some out by our hot tub, just around the backyards or patios. Uh, we'll keep them out there until either the foliage, the leaves, the spent leaves, and the spent uh, uh, flowers start to get in the hot tub where we're enjoying it, or they get in the way, they start coming <laughs> to the front door. That's our cue, cut them back. Or we wait until January when the snows kind of get them to fall over, usually about the new year or so. And then that's our cue. Okay, they look ugly, cut them back. Mm -hmm. They're pretty even when they're in that straw-colored winter For look. Fall, so, sure. so beautiful. So that's your how to grow mums. And uh, the 60 seconds or less. <laughs> Be right back. Uh, Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maples, spicy mums, glamour kale, and burning bush. Waters Compact Burning Bush is a neat, well-behaved shrub prized for its blazing red foliage in the fall. Looks great when planted with autumn gold sumacs, lilacs, and gold euonymus. At six foot, this bush makes a natural hedge that burns red through autumn, all for $49. You'll find the showiest shrubs here at Waters Garden Center. Siri, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. You might say I've been part of the local garden scene even before birth. My father started the very first garden center in northern Arizona and ran the family business with my mother, even while she was pregnant. The nursery was my preschool, with many joyous after-school hours spent playing in the family business. Waters isn't just a garden center. It's a safe place for kids and pets alike. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Has this ever been the season for planting just folks are in their backyards they're enjoying it and there's lots of building going on so there's lots of new rooftops going and lots of lots of new friends neighbors coming in from all over the country at least here in this central highlands you know Yavapai County area and so we get to talk to all those folks it's been a kind of a challenge what's happening with garden centers right now is we're starting to harvest the fall crops the fires in the south in the west have kind of slowed that down so we pull a lot of the evergreens or conifers out of the Portland, Oregon area, Salem, uh, Spokane areas. And so the smoke is just, it's really reduced how, how, many, how many hours we can spend in the, in the field harvesting these plants. And then truckers are having tr trouble getting through all the, sm the smoke. It's, it's not that the farm is on, on fire or anything. It's the smoke is making it unhealthy to work outdoors. Finally, that's starting to settle down some. We're starting to get shipments. 
Uh, but we start to harvest those evergreens and they bring them in in the month of October. So we're filling the garden center up right now with big spruce, cedars, cypress, had some big Deodor cedars, great big Vanderwolf pines, big junipers. This is a great time for evergreens. If you're shopping for evergreen trees and shrubs, this is your time for best choice and a good time to plant. Likewise, we're bringing in maples. We're trying to bring those in usually from, from Northern California. I've got growers that grow for us. Um, they're kind of from all over the place. I've got some Tucson growers. Uh, it's just friends. These are our philosophy here at Waters Garden Center. If I can sit down and have dinner or a coffee with the owner, they are in our supply chain and they grow nice stuff. If it's a mass merchant thing and it's publicly traded, I'm going, I'm out. I don't care if you're supplying the box. I'm out. No, I want to talk face to face and I want to support the smaller growers. So that's just our philosophy because we're a smaller player as well. They, they are starting to harvest all those uh, Bradford pears, the purple leaf plums, the aspens, the maples. Those are all that fall colored mix. We're bringing those in and October is your month to start filling the garden center up. And we've got a forecast how many plants we're going to sell through the winter. And so we are purposely bringing in more plants than we need right now so that they can acclimate or, or kind of synchronize with our environment and our cold. So they go into that that cold season uh, now through the end of the year so they're on our cycle now if that plant is acclimated we can go ahead and, and plant a spruce tree or a maple or an aspen or an apple or whatever in the middle of winter january february we can plant that right there and it's going to be just like it's just it's just used to that it's going oh it's okay now i'm in the ground it's even better and so that's that's what's happening with all your garden centers especially in the north country from flagstaff to Kingman, to Pace, into White Mountains. We're all kind of in this mode of trucks are rolling. Uh, they're slowed down a bit by snow or by uh, smoke, but they're coming. And so we're trying to fill up. We're all making these calculations. Part of the evergreen thing is there's this trend right now where cut trees, cutting down trees for a holiday is bad. Uh, plastics, good. I don't know what this China thing is going to do. It might be because... All, all Christmas trees that are fake, you know, ornamental, kind of decorative stuff, they're, they're made in China. You can open the box. I, can, I know the smell that they have when you open up those crates going, oh, that's a Chinese smell. Yeah, got it. I don't know what that's going to do. But this trend towards living trees used for the holidays and then planted outdoors afterwards is huge. I mean, we sell far more living trees trees for holiday stuff, either for indoor use or a patio, a deck, or out there in the yard. And we need to order enough now so they're acclimated. So now we can have those available through the holidays, through Christmas, basically. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's what's going on at your garden centers is this shift from summer plant material. So the last crepe myrtle just sold. We won't have any more. There's no more at the farm. But now all the Amber maples, which is a companion plant to crepe myrtles, but it's famous for its fall color. So that is cycling through. So those crops are being harvested and brought in. So we've had a lot of, we just had 25, what is, they were huge, 45 gallon sized maples. These guys are huge. They're bigger than my greenhouse. They got to be 25, 30 feet tall, 10 feet wide just came in, there's a trunk on them, I and mean, this is instantaneous tree. 
Those are things you only find those in the fall of the year. There won't be many of them, but you find those in the fall. You don't find them in the spring because this is when they're harvested. This is when you start to bring those crops in. So plant rotations at a garden, at a retail garden center, it's all about logistics. Actually, in your own backyard, it's all about logistics. You want to work with the environment and not against it. If you're trying to work, do something when the environment isn't happy with you doing that, uh, grasshoppers are out. You're putting grasshopper bait or mice or rats are out or rabbits or whatever. You're, you're going against. You're planting some of the tender new foliage in the middle of spring. We get a snowstorm. It, it'd rather wait until fall to be planted when it's hardened off. It's just better. So working with the environment and the crops that like to be out in your yard, you're going to have far, far more success than if you try to go counterintuitive. The biggest mistake people make, putting a tomato plant out in their in their gardens in the month of March. We have frost until Mother's Day. So you're, you're out there a month and a half exposed without greenhouses and stuff. That's a hard nut. That's hard to do. You're probably going to lose it. Well, most people will wait until Mother's Day. Put your lettuce, put your spinach, put things that like the cold out. Right now we're putting a broccoli and cauliflower and kale out because it likes the cold. Work with the seasons or with the environment. Those brown thumbs, they're going to turn green. I guarantee. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, Arizona creeper, spicy mums, and glamour kale. Few flowers are more elegant in fall than Waters glamour kale. The autumn colors are perfect for containers, beds, and borders. And it's so easy to grow. This unique Prescott selection is an award winner for cold hardiness, intense red, purple flowers in a frilly package, all for $9. You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we have Lisa Waters Lane back in the studio. She comes each week. This segment is just for her. She's had it for years and years. And she goes through the week thinking about her 10 minutes of <laughs> fame on the air to airwaves. That's what I do. Northern Arizona. I dream about it. <laughs> obsess over so, sometimes it. Sometimes I do, but then usually I just react going, what have I been doing this week? Oh, that's right. I was <laughs> spraying for aphids. I was planting a new tree. And I talk about that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Lisa comes in and just shares her perspective on gardening, all things gardening. Welcome. And welcome into the studio. Well, thank you. So what am I talking about this week? Is that what you want to know? Kind of, sort Are you of, dying kind of, to I know? I sort of want to know. I am dying to know. <laughs> I never quite know. You, we should plan this this whole show a little nah. bit better, but it's more organic, more natural, more take the top fun of out mind. Of it. it would take the fun out of it too. Yeah. <laughs> now it's more robotic. 
Yes, yes. you should garden. It's fall is a good time to plant. <laughs> well, <laughs> Danger, Willie Watt Robinson. <laughs> now you're dating yourself. Yeah, I know. So it is fall. yippee ki Air doesn't quite feel like it. But it's fall. I don't know. There's a chill in the air in the morning. In the morning. And it warms up. You know, we always have this 30, 40 degree temperature swing. It's crazy. It, but in the fall, it is extreme. Mm-hmm. So this, the days are shorter. I noticed that. I was out yeah. out, fr- out on the deck overlooking our gardens, mm-hmm. uh, reading, you know, the Wall Street Journal on the laptop. And it was just, just past dawn. And it was, uh, there was a chill in the air. I, oh, I yeah. didn't have my robot or anything yet. I'm not out there in my skivvies. I do have. <laughs> Don't I, worry, I, neighbors. It's okay. But you wake up and you just kind of want a coffee and watch a sunset or mm-hmm. sunrise and read the newspaper. It, yeah, it, chill. it is later because I'm I'm out hiking and used to be we'd go at five thirty. Then we're like, oh, okay, six. Then we changed to six fifteen. <laughs> now I'm thinking okay. you're following the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it gets too dangerous. Headlamps for Christmas. You get a beautiful <laughs> headlamp. I would like that, actually. Although I still wouldn't hike in the dark because I'm sure there's animals out there that want to eat me. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you got for us garden tip-wise this week? Well, this week, because it is fall, I thought I would talk about fall things to do. This Perfect. is Lisa's list of fall things. I know there's Good. like a Ken's list of fall things. Mine gets published in the newspaper. Well, mine doesn't, but it's Lisa's list of things to do. I love it. Do. So, first thing to do is take pictures. Take pictures of your flower pots that you had that you really enjoyed. Take pictures of your garden. Take pictures of your, just take some pictures of your yard. Because it kind of helps you keep that yearly, yeah, that's good. you know, what's it been doing year to year. It's so easy. Oh, yeah. Especially with phones and iPads. Yeah. And um, if you put together a color pot that you just loved this year, you loved the colors, the textures, take a picture of it. Because I will guarantee you next year. Yeah, you won't remember. You will not remember. <laughs> you could collect the tags. Yeah. So that's another, and staple gun them or to staple them into a journal or something. That's if you but, remember to put the tags in yeah, the pot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, we take pictures of ours, and it's surprising how the yard changes, mm-hmm. how the gardens change over, right. let's say, a decade. So oh, I look yeah. back at some back pond area, mm-hmm. and I'm going, wow, well, that's right. That, that, that did used to grow there, but now this thing's matured, and it looks good. I'm going, oh, mm-hmm. I like it better now. Yeah. Oh, I think you should always be out taking pictures. And you're right. Save your tags, especially like vegetables. So if yeah. you grew a certain tomato you just loved, make sure to save that tag or write it down in your notes and keep track of it. Because like I said, you won't remember next year. So that's one of the things. The other is label your perennials. So a lot of our perennials here just go right back to the ground or they just kind of like you wouldn't know that's a perennial yeah. <laughs> unless you knew that was a perennial. And trust me, I have had more customers get upset with their maintenance companies because they just ripped them right out. Yeah, that's right. They're tagged. They start coming up and they're thinking it's a weed, but it's really a wildflower. Oh, yeah. Many, many times. Yeah. So make sure you label those just where they're at because they're, again, you won't remember come spring. Popsicle sticks. Yeah. Flagging tape, flag, uh, irrigation flags. Uh, just a piece of bamboo, anything. Mm-hmm. Just going, hey, flowers over there. This is, uh, you know, echinacea. Or this right. is coneflower or mm-hmm. galardias or daisies, whatever. Or it, even if you don't know, just put, don't pull this yeah. out. <laughs> don't <true>. kill this. <laughs> it's the spring. So really important to label those. And another thing that's just really hard to do, I'm going to have to do it and it's killing me, is I got to pull. I need to change over my pots to fall. 
So right now I have some Vinca, annual Vinca in some of my pots. And and right now, honest to goodness, they look gorgeous. They're over the top. Yeah. But if I don't do it now, and if I wait, those pansies and violas and all that kind of stuff, they're not going to have time to really root in well. So it is definitely time to change over your pots. I wondered why those flats of pansies <laughs> were at home. So you're going to be doing that project this weekend. I, gather I am. If you need some help. I know uh, where to go. Yep, I'll be there to. Basically, I'm the the butcher. I pull out the I clean things up, and then I put fresh soil in. You come in and go. Da, 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 let's go yeah. plant the garden. Well, it's definitely time to be letting those new things. So pansies, viola, snapdragons, yeah. dusty miller, mums. Um, some of the hookahs or the coral bells look gorgeous right yeah. now to mix in really pretty with fall colors. Um, some of the uh, sedges, like the curly fox sedge, it's just a really cool fall look in your, your container. So Now is the time. You're in that fall planting season. Mm -hmm. Just don't wait till it's freezing before you do that. Do it now while you've right. got time to fill out. Good advice. It'll be good for you later. And then also just take a good look at your front yard and your backyard. And, and now's a great time to do it and just go, what does it need? Does it need anything? Do I need more evergreens? Do I need more color? Because now is a great time to plant. So if you're going to be putting those things in, it's a great time to do it. It's also a really good time to look at your yard and go, because we all have that one shrub that's like Charlie Brown Got Christmas. Mange. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. like a cat hacking uh -huh. up a fur ball. Really in the needs yard. to be pulled out of there. <laughs> and you just need to suck it up and do it. But sometimes we get so used to seeing the same things over and yeah. over and over again, we never really look at you it. Stop seeing it. And you yeah. know, a really good way to look at something is, is pull out your iPad or your phone and take a picture yeah. and then look at that picture. Yeah. Because you see things you wouldn't see. It's horrifying just sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. So definitely a good time just to just take a look. Do you need more or something? You less old shrubs? Just get them out of there. That's how we do it at the garden center. Mm -hmm. We take pictures, and because you don't see it, because we live here right. all the time, we take pictures. We go look at the pictures, and then you start seeing. Oh my gosh, customers are seeing this. Get that out of there. You got to be <laughs> kidding. We got to change it. Better display. Right. Pictures are, mm -hmm. are worth a thousand they words. They say a lot. Maybe yeah. you need some more color. You need yeah. a big, gorgeous ceramic pot in your yard that you can put stuff into. So definitely take a look at that. Um, also, it's a good time while you're out there. Just check for some of those late season insects that kind of like to hang around. Yeah. So aphids start showing up again this time of year. There is still some caterpillars and different things out. So just... Take a look. Make sure you don't have some pests. Grubs have been oh, coming grubs up. Are I've bad. had more customers with grubs in the mm -hmm. ground now. I mean, I wouldn't expect that, but yeah. we got to make sure we got enough grub killer <laughs> on the shelf. My goodness. Yeah, they've been out in full force this year. Yeah. I don't know why, but they have been. Make sure you fertilize. Um, and I know you push this a lot, but it's a great time to get that fall fertilizer out there, which is so important. And most people don't think about fall fertilizing. They really don't. But it, they, your trees and shrubs, perennials, everything benefits from it. Absolutely. So, and also on your, like your lilacs, your forsythia, good time to get some superphosphate or some bone meal on those. And that'll help with their blooms for next year. Yeah, great. So while you're fertilizing this fall, you can do it at the same time too. Mm -hmm. put, the, put the 744 all-purpose food down. And it's got phosphorus in it, but for if you really want blooms next spring, I mean, twice the size of your neighbors, check a couple handfuls of superphosphate. 
It's also granular, mm-hmm. and it just goes over the top uh, as far as color and fragrance. Right. And then the last thing, which is probably the most important thing, is enjoy your fall yard. Yeah, so there we go. Go out in the morning with your cup of coffee or in the evening with your glass of wine and just enjoy your yard. This is a beautiful time of year to be out in the yard, enjoying it. So make sure you take time to do that. In the spring, it can be too windy. Mm-hmm. In the summer, it can be too hot. But in the fall, it's just right. <laughs> the Goldilocks effect. There you so, go. Great advice, Lisa. So Lisa Waters laying in with her guard to-do list this fall. Great advice. Uh, we'll be right back. Ken Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. There are certain garden tasks that I'm really trying to get done, especially as the first fall colors start to show up. So I'm starting to see sumacs show some color uh, up at the higher elevations. You are definitely in autumn. It's there. Uh, but there's certain things that I really try to get done that makes a difference. So the tasks you do now make for a great fall color on your trees, shrubs, flowers, and then set the stage for spring next year so you get over-the-top growth. Here's a few things I'm doing in my own gardens that I think will help you, my garden listeners, friends, uh, backyard neighbors. We're just talking over the fence, and, and here's what's working. In, in, in the lane backyards, lane gardens, and I think it'll work for you as well. The number one thing I'm trying to catch up on, I want to keep be diligent now through about Halloween, is don't let weeds, don't let them get started in your backyard. Uh, it, as soon as the first frost comes, about Halloween time, I think it's October 29th for Prescott, Arizona. I think it's a couple days later out in Prescott Valley. It's a couple days later after that in Spring Valley, Cortis Junction. It just depends. But basically, Halloween's our marker for first frost. Once that first frost hits, it kills off all your summer annuals and vegetables. And the weeds stop. They stop growing. So now all of a sudden, you can't use weed killers. They're harder to kill. They start to 
put all that energy into their root structure and they come back for the vengeance next spring, especially things like dandelions, uh, whorehound. These, these are nasty, nasty weeds. So don't let them, don't, don't, don't get lazy right now. Really keep on them. So I'm not letting any weeds get established. That, I'm starting to pick my vegetables. I'm starting to pick all the vegetables off of certain crops. So I've got some tomato plants. They're out of the garden now. So as that last tomato gets picked, last eggplant, last pepper, pull it out of the ground. Recycle it, compost it, and just uh, but open up the space. You really do want to either leave the ground feral, that is let it rest, or you want to replant. You can have another rotation, another edible crop uh, in your vegetable gardens just by planting now. That'd be all of your leafy stuff. Uh, it'd be and rootstock. So so carrots and cabbage and broccoli and, and those things. They all can go in the ground and you'll be harvesting cauliflower at Christmas. You'll be harvesting kale right through winter. I mean for Valentine's, you'll be harvesting lettuce. All these leafy things, they like the cold. The flavor actually gets better. The same thing goes with your your winter blooming or fall colored type of flowers. So pansies and snapdragons and violas and ornamental kale, those all go in now. They harden off, they fill out actually, and they bloom right through winter. But it's working with getting that timing right. So I'm looking to bring some of those things out. I've done quite a bit of planting uh, of uh, bigger trees and shrubs, lots of evergreens. I'm trying to spot more evergreens into certain Parts of the gardens that I've I've really remodeled, basically. So I'm redoing the entire gardens. It's a great time to be planting uh, nandinas, uh, any of your fall-colored, your your amber maples, burning bush. There's a whole series. The gardens, the garden center is filled with great plants right now that look good right through winter. It's a good time to be planting those. I'm starting to mulch things parts of my gardens. So I'll mulch around. I like to I like to use shredded cedar bark myself. I've also used actual composted, you know, like dark rich mocha looking type of, of top dressing. So I want to top dress underneath my rose bushes, underneath crepe myrtles, through my flower beds, perennial beds. They haven't died back yet, so they haven't done their fall color thing yet, but I'm starting to top dress around those gardens. I really, the reason I like shredded cedar bark is because shredded cedar looks handsome. Wood chips are kind of what your grandparents used, and they're just dated. I mean, they're just dated. You go through a neighborhood, you go, oh, wood chips, oh, that's 1980s. Look at that. You can still buy it, but it's not It's not as handsome looking. It doesn't, doesn't dress things up as good. So I like shredded cedar bark because it looks more up to date, and it's got a pretty red color to it. And mainly cedar has a repelling action. It tends to repel ants and aphids and thrip and ciliads and all these other insects that can winter over underneath your plants. But I'll put a two to three inch layer over top of the roots and it keeps the roots from heaving. That is, as we start to freeze and thaw, we aren't doing that yet, but in two months we'll have serious heaving of the soil and a little of the ground can freeze and then thaw out during the day, freeze, thaw out during the day, and it starts to heave or lift the roots out of the ground and it does damage to your plants. By putting a two to three inch layer of, of any kind of material, organic material specifically, it will keep that from happening, keeps the ground from freezing so the roots are healthier. 
So new plantings really helps out. New plant. The last thing you want is, is all that new root hair to be heaving out of the ground. You have to regroot. It won't kill the plant. It just it just you're losing a couple steps. Why do that? Why three steps forward, two steps back when you can just keep going forward? And that's some things I'm doing. Uh, I'm maintaining some of my trees and shrubs. So right now I'm 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 deadheading my roses because I know I can get some more flowers out of them. Fall blooms on roses. Just take that old spent flower and I'll cut that off. I don't let it go to a rose hip. I actually cut it off and it forms a new flower easily by the end of the month. After that last set of flowers, that's probably the last time I'll do that for my roses specifically. Uh, then I'll let them go into hips. I'll let them form that little tiny rose hips. It's kind of pretty in winter. It's decorative. It's kind of a red color. And it makes the plant, helps it harden off, helps it get through winter. Do not prune yet. It is not the time to be pruning plants. It, you, you keep that foliage up, especially in the mountains of Arizona. You want to keep that top growth over a rose until about March. Really important for uh, autumn sage. You want to keep that. It's a real pretty uh, kind of hip high, kind of knee high almost. It's a shorter shrub, has red flowers. It's covered. The hummingbirds love it. Keep that foliage up. Even as it turns color, drops its, drops its uh, leaves, keep that plant intact until about March. That helps insulate the roots and then keeps it from freezing, keeps it from being damaged. If you are going to cut it back, make sure you're mulching the root structure underneath. These are just fall tasks. You don't have to get it done now. I take nice days and I kind of amber around, just kind of meander and take care of and talk to and help my plants. This is a long process. It takes all autumn. Pretty much all of October, I kind of do this. So those are some things that, that really play out and make a difference. The number one thing, by, by far the number one thing you can do is to fertilize the entire landscape. Everything in your landscape, whether it's new or old, native or planted, ornamental, you should be fertilizing everything with an organic plant food. It's the most important feeding of the entire year. I cannot emphasize that enough. And now's the time to do it. Do it before Halloween sometime. So I'm starting. I haven't done everything. All the stuff around my office has been done. At home, not quite. Still cleaning up some stuff. Still remodeling some things. But by the end of October, everything will get a handful or the recommended amount of all-purpose plant food. It's a 744 organic food I put together for the mountains. Interacts with our rain, interacts with our water better. It just really makes a difference. The plants will take that food and will store it in the root structure of the plant. And that's what it's going to use to form next spring's flower and leaf buds. It'll also keep your evergreens green. If you don't do this, what will happen is those cypress, cedars, junipers, uh, spruce, pine, they'll start to turn yellow or winter chlorosis on us. They get this yellow hue. Yeah, they have foliage on them, uh, but it just has this off color and it almost brings your landscape down. You plant it in evergreen so it's nice and green and you put Christmas lights on it. And you enjoy it for the holidays. It's really pretty. And, and, but when it goes yellow, it looks emaciated or, or pale. looks like it has an iron deficiency. But it's all about the fall feeding keeps those things green. Especially do your fall-colored maples and aspens and ash, all those fall-colored shrubs. They use this food to really shine through the end of the year. 
Uh, you're going to have fall color till the last tree, Bradford pear, turns middle of December, then drops, then it's officially, it's a winter. No leaves from deciduous plants left on plant on, in your yard. It's all the evergreens carrying you. By middle of December, somewhere in there, it depends on the weather a bit, your fall feeding is absolutely number one, most important. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red wall creeper. Waters red wall creeper is specially selected to dress up those miles of stockade fence. A mountain vine with rich green foliage turns fire engine red through autumn. Waters native vines are just $49 and both deer and rabbit proof. You'll find the showiest vines here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters all-purpose fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I had mentioned at the end of the last segment, fertilizing in the fall is the most important. What's the difference between fertilizer and plant food? I get that sometimes, and it kind of that depends on what part of the country you're from. Sometimes fertilizer is meant manure, but really in the Southwest, when we say fertilizer, we're saying a plant food, a well-balanced recipe that plants favor. And so we've got a seven-four-four mix recipe that I created decades ago. That's cottonseed meal, bird guano, some iron, some sulfur. It's a mixture that is balanced enough that breaks down slowly over a three-month period that plants truly like, they enjoy, keeps them green, keeps them blooming. It's markedly better than, let's say, a, a synthetic fertilizer, let's say a Scott's or Ortho or some of these Peters, some of these miracle Grow things. These are all 100% chemical. And so these kinds of fertilizers can actually do more damage than good, especially in the Southwest. We don't get as much, we don't get as much moisture, rain, our, our topsoil is very shallow. And so if you put a bunch of chemical or, or petroleum-based products out there to fertilize as, as the carbon molecule that it wants to pick up, sometimes you can kill off the worms or the mycorrhizal colonies or the beneficials that live in the soil. The plant benefits, but the soil dies. And ultimately, the plant is affected. So it's a very short-term fix. And fertilizers, uh, chemical varieties, they only last in the soil maybe three, four months, if you're lucky. And so organics are the way to go. That being said, I fertilized everything in the yard, in my, in my yard, with all-purpose plant food. Now, I've got two types of, of fertilizers I've created. One's a fruit tree and vegetable foods, all organic fruit tree. It's made for fruit trees, things that throw off flowers or fruits. So it would work on a lilac, flowering crab apple, 
or apples or pears or cherries, or getting your vegetable garden ready for the next season. It's great for that. It's pelletized, easy to use. The recipe's already formulated. Lots of calcium, which makes the flavor come out in your, in your vegetables, in your fruits. The all-purpose food is made for a generic. It's made for lawns. It's made for perennials. It's made for evergreens. It's more generic. It would work on flowering edible stuff, but it's, it's, it's made for kind of a catch-all, everything else but edibles. Then you get into... It has been so dry. It's been so just harsh. It's been a harsh growing season this year. For my gardens, I gave it the all-purpose food. And the extra step I'm just taking to my yard, humic is humic acid. It feeds the soil. It feeds the, it feeds the worms and mycorrhizals. It makes the plants want to root deeper and farther and better. Because my plants, my landscapes are so stressed, I've been giving it that extra step this fall. It's also granular. It goes at the same ratio as the all-purpose food. I just take a bag of each and go, okay, I'm going to put it through my hand spreader, and I just sling it around. I don't focus on the base of the plant or at the trunk. I'm focused on, focused on the drip line or the outer branches, where those outer branches are. That's where your feeder roots are. I focus in on that. So a tree, you're going to be doing a big area. Roses, you're not down at the crown. You're down at the outer branches or canes. Uh, grapes, you're doing that out the entire vine section uh, of, of underneath that roots. That's where the roots are. Focus in on that, not where the drip systems are. Don't doesn't even matter the rains and the snows that come through the through the winter. That's what's going to release that plant. Picks it up, uses it, stores it in the roots, then uses that to focus in on next year's flower and, and leaf buds. That's the last bit of advice I can give you. Just, fertilizing is so important. I can't emphasize that enough, but those are two things. All-purpose food and the humec are going to go in lane gardens by the end of October. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center, and we love talking to fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.